0: Salutations and welcome to Retrek on Krypton Radio, and of course, available on your podcatcher of choice. I'm Captain Jim, and with me is Admiral Elliot. Hi Jim. And for the first time on Retrek, we've got a brand new episode of Star Trek to talk about.
1: I'm very excited we are.
0: Indeed, yeah, we got it in the UK, Netflix on... Uh, Friday morning what time did it drop because you were
1: it dropped at 8.27am <laughs>
0: that's weird isn't it I always thought it was 9 usually
1: I'd have thought it would have been a more round figure but I was sat on the button <laughs> <laughs>
0: And they also, we got the, um, the short treks as well. That yeah, that was for. a nice
1: little surprise. They didn't yeah. announce they were going to do that. And they
0: hid them in the trailers and more section that you had to go looking yeah, for. Yeah, it seems
1: a bit strange where they put them, but yeah, at I, least we got them.
0: I saw on Facebook, um, Scottish Neil, he put that they were up and I was like, oh, fantastic. I'm looking for them. Come find them. And then it's oh yeah, they're in trailers. you got to go past all the trailers yeah. And then you get them, so not a lot of publicity for them, but at least we got them. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice little, uh... Hello everyone, it's Captain Jim here, interrupting your regular programme to let you know about the first ever Retrek giveaway. We're heading down to WarpedCon at Doncaster Racecourse. That's on Saturday the 31st of August to Sunday the 1st of September this year. And the amazing guys there have agreed to give us two VIP tickets which we're giving away to you and to a friend. Not only will you get entry to the whole weekend, you'll get free early bird entrance on both days. You'll get to use the VIP private bar. You'll also get entry to the after party, and you'll get a limited edition Warped Com t-shirt. The guests there, it's already an incredible lineup. There's Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred from Doctor Who. There's Game of Thrones actors Ross Malone and Mitos Yerilomu. And... There are two crew members from the Star Trek series. Now if you want to win these tickets, all you have to do is find out the names of those two cast members. They could be from any of the different Star Trek shows, but there's definitely two of them there. And if you tell us who they are, you'll win these tickets. We'll draw the names out of a hat on next week's show. So you've got until midday Tuesday next week to get your entries off to us. The way you enter the competition, you can direct messages on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can send us a direct message on Facebook if you look for our Facebook group. Search for Retrek on Facebook. Or you can drop us an email. It's RetrekPod at gmail.com. We're looking forward to this event. We really hope to see some of you guys there. So let us know what the answer is. Which two Star Trek guests will be appearing at WarpedCon? I will now hand back over to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: Surprise before we actually got the, se- the yeah, new got series. Yeah, the full, well... Well, and, first episode. Yeah,
0: I've noticed a lot of people seem a bit confused, thinking, well, they were all going to drop at once and...
1: Well, there shouldn't be because it didn't do it that last season. And it's nice that it does it this way because we get to chat about it and well, exactly, think about we,
0: it. We get a podcast out of it. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> If they'd all gone, well, I suppose we could record like 13 hours back to back, we're, we'd be a bit tired. Yeah,
1: but I'd have watched the whole thing by now.
0: That's it, you'd, I, you'd have had...
1: Instead I've got 13, 14 weeks of fun to come.
0: Exactly, and we can get on to the fan theories and all this stuff, so... for Now that we're dealing with new episodes, we're going to take a bit of a format where we're going to sort of work our way through the episode, pick up on the points we want to talk about as we go through, and then if we've missed anything we can always loop back to it, so... Discovery, Season 2, Episode 1, titled Brother, and this was written by Ted Sullivan, Gretchen Berg and Aaron Herberts, Um, which if anyone who watched the After Trek show, which they seem to have scrapped this time round.
1: Yeah, it's gone to Facebook Live.
0: Yeah. uh,
1: I don't think a lot of people actually followed after Trek
0: maybe not no but I, I quite enjoyed it I liked that you got a little clip of the upcoming yeah and I liked when they had Jason Isaacs on there lying about his character <laughs> and everything but um yeah so the Gretchen J Berg and Aaron Harberts uh, appeared on that quite often they were the showrunners and I say were because I think they got fired after two episodes of this season um so this might be one of their last kind of contributions to the show which is Bit of a shame. It Um, is,
1: if this is what they were writing, because this has been...
0: I think it's more (laughs) to do with the money they were spending, but well... I could also see that. This looks like a very, very expensive piece of TV. And it's directed by Alex Kurtzman, who pretty much is the guy at the moment for Star Trek. He's the one who's got this massive big deal to oversee everything and produce all these different shows. Well,
1: he's also a lifelong Trekkie, which is nice out of put a fan
0: in charge of the franchise absolutely and he worked on the kelvin films yeah um, which i know are divisive but i really like the kelvin films so I, you know i'm i'm happy with him where he has been in charge of it and yeah so he's directing this one and he's gonna i believe take over as showrunner later on but jumping into the episode itself then we got a nice recap at the start. Uh, that's included on Netflix. I don't know if it was on CBS All Access in the states, but
1: uh, I'm in quite a few forums and listening to people from America. It was all in the same. Yeah, everyone got exactly the same,
0: and that was good because it it, it covered the salient points, brought us back up to speed.
1: Yeah, and... it wasn't dragged out either. It was very quick. It was
0: yeah. It, it didn't sort of dwell on the stuff we didn't. It gave you everything you needed to know for this one, I think. And also, we got to see that awesome bit from the finale of the Enterprise and everything, but um, instead of picking up right from there, we started off with, it was, was it footage from an actual space flight or something, the black and white footage we start with?
1: Yeah, it's um, from the Satini probe, right. launched in 1990, 1997, that his final mission was actually, his last broadcast was one week before the debut of episode one of season one of Discovery. So that works out. It is actually, it's real NASA footage that they've used.
0: Well, that's good. And it adds a sense of authenticity to it. And we got uh, Burnham saying space, the final frontier. I thought
1: she was going to go into the whole thing.
0: I did. But then I was like, (laughs) well, wait a minute. She can't say the Enterprise. So she's going to say Discovery. But,
1: um, well, I think the whole saying should belong to Enterprise I
0: think shows. that's the thing. But it was a nice sort of wink and giving her...
1: Yeah, it was. It, There's a lot of these nice winks throughout this episode. Absolutely.
0: And it, it sort of reinforces her as the main character more that she gets to deliver that kind of line. And that sort of morphed into a more modern sequence. And then we go into a flashback where we see... Presumably the first time that Michael's introduced to Amanda, at least. Yeah, it
1: looked like that was the first time Sarek brought her home. He
0: sort of turns up randomly with a kid. Yeah,
1: yeah, look what I brought home, honey. Yeah. I brought a kid that so I he, found...
0: He's doing this. He did this with Cyborg. He's done it with... Well,
1: he obviously just likes collecting kids. Yeah, he likes
0: bringing them in. But I, I, what did you think to the um, like the Vulcan home? Um, like I aesthetic was, and everything. I thought it was uh, quite
1: well done because you wouldn't expect lots of clutter in a Vulcan home The very no but there was just a few personal items placed around yeah I don't know if you noticed but Spock had a Stargate I didn't see he had a Stargate (laughs) Spock has a Stargate toy
0: fair enough maybe that's the because there's no Star Trek in the Star Trek universe maybe Stargate maybe maybe that's what
1: he watches the
0: franchise (laughs) Uh, I noticed he had a 3D chess set yeah which was quite nice and that comes back later on in the episode yeah um, but yeah, I liked it. I liked that it was very Spartan, but it had a sort of clean look. But it also still looked like a home. Yeah. You imagine that's probably Amanda's touch there. Possibly, yeah. But... And I I liked sort of Spock's little uh, drawing thing that he drew a big dragon yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, I don't like it, so I'll quickly whip up a hologram.
0: <laughs> yeah, a bit, a bit of an attitude from Spock.
1: I mean... Well... What we've got to bear in mind is half human, half Vulcan. And his two halves at that age will have been fighting against each other. Yeah,
0: he won't have learnt to control his his emotion yeah. and whatnot. And I can imagine Spock even at that age is probably picking up on the fact that Sarek has issues about him being half human. Yeah. And vice versa. And then uh, the fact that they bring a fully human child into the family. You can imagine there's a lot of sort of jealousy going on. Maybe Michael sort of is a mirror to the side of him that he feels possibly he feels causes. But this we've also his seen in,
1: we've also seen it was in the Kelvin universe, and I'm going to take that as being true that um, Spock was picked on by other Vulcan child children yeah. at that t- that age.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, I absolutely. Human imagine. side, so it's maybe very resentful of Michael being human. That would make a lot of sense, and I think that's something that we're going to really delve into in this episode uh, in this season. Rather is the relationship between Michael and Spock. There's a few hints dropped later on. But we we so we have that scene and I like the fact that when you first see Spock there's a faint hint in the soundtrack of the Star Trek fanfare. Yeah. And they do that a couple of times in this episode which is the, pretty cool. The
1: music is very really good throughout the whole episode. Yeah, really, good. really It looks
0: like they've really gone back
1: and listened to what the fans yeah. have said and have thought about it and yeah we can do this and make the music part of the show.
0: Definitely. There's a lot of. I think, you know, we will cover it as we come to them, but there are a lot of bits where it feels like they have responded to some of the fan criticism. Um, And we jump back to the present then and we pick up right where we left off with Discovery. We get this um, sequence where, you know, uh, Pike, they contact Pike and Pike's going to beam over and he says, I'm bringing a science officer. And obviously the assumption. Well,
1: everyone thought, yeah, we're getting Spock because everyone knows Spock's going to be in this. Yeah. Series, so immediately everyone thinks, Yay, Spock straight
0: away. And you certainly get that with Sarek and Michael are sort of aiming pointed glances at each other. They seem to think that it's Spock yeah. coming over as well. Um, I did pick up on something that Stamets said uh, when he was talking about the Enterprise. He says, I've got a friend who's like a Xeno um, botanist. botanist over there. and I wonder if that's a reference to Sulu. Is he, wasn't um, well, he a botanist when we first meet him.
1: He that was uh, Sulu's hobby, but it was also Beverly Crusher's hobby.
0: Very true. I don't so think Beverly had been there. At this no, time. but I think yes.
1: it's I think it's just one of them little Easter eggs have put in as a nod to the other shows.
0: Yeah, I know, but I wondered, you know, maybe Sulu is on the Enterprise at this stage. Just you know, obviously he's not yeah. a bridge officer. We don't see him in the case. It's possible. But... So I, I, I wondered if that was what you meant to take yeah, from it. But
1: yeah, um, I'm not sure how old Sulu was in the no, original, probably, original yeah, series.
0: It probably wouldn't have been there 10 years before, you're right. Um, so yeah, either way, it's a nice little, little nod sort of thing. And then we get the redesigned uh, credit sequence, which there's a couple of extra bits and bobs in there. Did you notice... Um, the, what's very clearly Captain Kirk slash Captain Pike's captain's chair in the... Yeah, yeah, I
1: thought, yeah, there's quite a few, like, little changes of have made. Yeah,
0: and there's the, uh what they call in the Red Angel. Yeah, we're not thing. sure what
1: that's going to be yet. Yeah,
0: that's going to be the mystery for the season, but there were a couple of bits, and I also... Well, is it going
1: to be a mystery for the season, or have we all just been led down to...
0: That's a very good <laughs> point, actually. It could all be resolved next episode. <laughs> yeah. um. I've got a few thoughts on what that might be, but we'll touch on that um, a little bit later. But one thing that I did notice in the credits is uh, Wilson Cruz, who plays Culber, is listed as a full cast member. Yeah. As is uh, Ansel Mount as Pike. So, I mean, Pike's not too much of a surprise, but... Culba a little bit.
1: Yeah, he? it's yeah, I'm int- I'd heard that he was going to be a season two regular. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see how they're gonna do this. I mean
0: he, he had that little like, cameo, which is fair enough. Yeah, if can so- that but, every week. Well,
1: if that's all we're gonna get every week, I'm gonna be a bit disappointed, I think. Yeah, but-
0: I think it'll be a little bit like um in season three of Buffy, where Angel had been killed and sent to hell or whatever, and he came back in like episode four But for the first three episodes, because he was a cast member, you had to have little dream sequences featuring him. Yeah. So I'm wondering if Culber's going to make his return a bit further down the line, but until then we're going to get little...
1: these little holograms, that. Little little hints. That that he watches.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the Screen Actors Guild guidelines are as strict as they once were. So it used to be, if you were credited, you had to be in that episode. Yeah. Otherwise you didn't get paid, so... So, I, I, don't, I think we'll yeah, pass that now it's
1: going to be interesting how they're going to use him
0: So, yeah, and how it, they're
1: going to bring him back
0: it is it's, um, we'll no doubt Like find we don't out, know
1: but... from Star Trek that death is not the final no
0: I, absolutely not but... <laughs> from, uh, well, the search for Spock absolutely <laughs> but um, yeah so we'll, we'll see how that one plays out when we get back into the episode proper then we get this sequence where they beam over And I love the bit where you see the guy materialising, the first thing he sees is his ear. Yeah. So, you know, straight (laughs) away it's (laughs) not.
1: Well, there was, before that, we had a couple of nice little touches. We had um, Saru and Michael talking about the families. Yeah. And and it's a direct... uh, He's talking about the Short Trek episode, Right Side, where he can't go back to see his sister. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't don't know how important the Short Treks have gone to be to the story... Or if they're just going to be little nods that are going to be referenced like this was. But I thought it was quite nice that we'd seen previously in the short trek. Yeah, yeah. Why he couldn't go back and see his sister.
0: Yeah, we've got a little bit more insight into we have now, thanks to Netflix. Yeah. Better late than never in the UK. Well, but, um...
1: well Netflix drops things at once, stunt. not That's very so true. So, would, would we have been happy getting a 15-minute episode on Netflix once a month?
0: <laughs> mm. Maybe it I, doesn't
1: work with the Netflix formula.
0: I think it was that we thought we were never going to get them that was the problem. Well, <laughs> I think that's
1: why it's been a nice surprise. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's
0: true. I'll stop harping on about Netflix and the delayed yeah. releases. But um, yeah, there was also a bit where like, um, Saru says, oh, I'm sensing uh, something from you about seeing Spock. Yeah. And she says, oh, it's, you know, it's just because I've got a mission to do. Yeah, And I he mean, sort of smelled there and he, he goes, mm. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that because it's showing like that's there's this banter between the people that's built yeah. up now.
1: Yeah, it's showing that the crew has a relationship together. Yeah. And also to put, starting to put a little bit of humour into it in yeah. places. There's... Uh,
0: like with the guy in the turbo lift, which oh, happens well. quite soon. But. <laughs> what did you think to the interpretation of the TOS uniforms? Um, I like it. I did, uh, yeah. Uh, I like that... And, and, I think it had been wrong if we would just got TOS
1: uniforms and the girls walking around in these really silly min- yeah. mini skirts like that was fashion in the 60s. Yeah.
0: I was reading something about that actually it was interesting that a lot of people now have a go and say oh it's so exploitative blah, blah blah and Nichelle Nichols has sort of taken a front with that and said no the mini skirt in the 60s was our way of saying yeah, this was, is who uh, we are. Yeah. And um, so it was actually quite a positive thing, but we look on it now and we go, ooh. But yeah, I, I like them. I, I think this is one of the things that we're going to have to get used to with Discovery being set in that era, is that TOS was a product of its time. It came out in the 60s. It did what it could with the budget it had. Yeah, but it, to, TOS at the time was groundbreaking. Absolutely. But, and But, but, but we're 50 years on. We're 50 <laughs> years on, and not only that, but... Uh, the technology's come on that far. Like now, things are made in 4K and those uniforms do not hold up to that. No. Enough. And so they've got to modernise them, otherwise they just yeah. look ludicrous.
1: Yeah, I thought they looked great in new uniforms. I did. I want one. Oh, I yeah. Might, I might I that. might buy one. I and do things like that.
0: <laughs> I like that when you looked um, really closely, you could see like the patterning on the shoulders was the same as the Discovery ones, but just a different colour. Yeah. So you can see a sort of progression there. And they did um, acknowledge it for fans. Like, they had a bit where they said, oh, we've got the new uniforms. Yeah, they were so, keeping in with it. Yeah. yeah, so it's acknowledging that Yeah, uh, we know do this not is cover
1: not cover your same. Do not cover your neighbour's yeah. ship. And I
0: like that, that. Both crews were envious of the other ship, weren't yeah. they? Like everyone's in awe of the Enterprise now, amazing. Uh,
1: yeah, is. and he brings his chief engineer of? Well, I assume she's his chief engineer, yeah. Commander Nan. And she's in awe of Discovery.
0: Yeah. Because discovery is this really high tech science yeah. vessel, but the Enterprise is the flagship, so you've got that going on there. Um, so we get sort of the um, sort of the uh, introduction to the plot a little bit that it's there's these seven bursts, red bursts, the call in them, yeah, and that's what we need to go investigate and everything. So that gives us sort of the MacGuffin to get going on this adventure. We're not gonna get. You know, spoilers a lot about what they actually are at the moment, other than they know where one of them is, and that's why they've got to go do it. Yeah. And I thought it was well handled why it was such an emergency, like they're saying, you know, we've just come out of a war.
1: Yeah, last time we received a uh, unknown signal, it pulled into war. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that that makes sense that they would bring Pike in to take over, because yeah. the more seasoned captain and everything. And so, they set off. We have this scene, as we sort of mentioned in the turbo lift with, uh, I think it was called Linus. Yeah. He's Saurian. It is he Saurian? Yeah, he's Saurian. Right. Right. He should have go.
1: just had some brandy
0: and skewed him. <laughs> maybe that, maybe <laughs> that. It makes you sneeze, I, I don't, don't know. know. And I got this vibe that um, Pike really didn't like that Connolly fella. Yeah. <laughs> because like after Linus sneezes on him, Pike goes, oh, bless you. <laughs> you know? It's like, he finds it quite funny.
1: Talk about the turbolift. How did we? What did we think about the turbolift scene, showing us it going through the ship?
0: Yeah, again, I quite liked it. I
1: thought yes, it's, which also fitting with, I can't remember being before or after this. There's a conversation between Tilly and Stamets about the ship is being retrofitted. Yeah. now for normal. It, Normal engineering, yeah, section. about the engineering. So, we see the worker bees all inside the ship getting on with it, yeah.
0: No, I, I, I thought, yeah, was great, fine. awesome. Yeah. No, I was I was happy with yeah. that. I mean, I've read a couple of people online saying, you know, it makes the ship look like it's too big, but I, I don't think it does necessarily. Not necessarily, no. And it's a very brief shot of it, yeah. Going I, through. Thought, I thought
1: it was great how we saw it moving through. Yeah, we've seen lots of scenes in a turbo lift over the years. We've seen this turbo lift shaft in Star Trek 5 Let's not talk oh, about, no, we're not. about how big that is. Yeah, if you're going to talk about <laughs>
0: making ships look too big, Deck 97 or whatever. But um, yeah, we finally saw a turbo lift in action and moving yeah. through the ship. So, no, I enjoyed that. And then we get to the bridge and you've got this really cute scene with Tilly and Pike where she's saying, I'm, I'm going to move your pinky. Oh my God, I've just said pinky. I've,
1: I've broken the captain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And I like the bit where she accidentally puts his credentials up on the screen, and then Pike sort of used this as an opportunity
1: to introduce himself.
0: I think it's to introduce himself, but also he's very conscious of the fact that they might not trust him. Well, so he's kind of. He does gone. mention
1: that that the were betrayed by the last captain, yeah. and I mean, he na-
0: he name checks Locker as well. He says, "I'm not Locker." Yeah, and you get the sense that it's maybe one of them things that. Um, they've sort of not been saying his name like Voldemort some, or something. Like,
1: to be fair, some, I don't know if you've actually looked at this, but there is some very interesting facts come up on that stream.
0: Yes, I was <laughs> going to mention, so we'll let you go then. off so, you got?
1: Well, I think that it might have uh, worried the crew but with some of his awards that he's claiming yeah. to have. He has a Carrington Award, yes,
0: which is the Doctor's Award. Yeah, that it's for get. outstanding medical achievement and it's a, a lifetime only, achievement.
1: Yeah, only one. <laughs> you only get one a year, and um, he also had a Leggett's. <laughs> What's <laughs> that, that one? That's a Kardashian oh, Leggett's Award. A leg- yeah. <laughs> So, okay. so, at some point, he's he's fought a great campaign for the Kardashians.
0: Well, you know, everyone lies on the CV <laughs> a little bit. Because, yeah, the Carrington's the one that Dr. Bashir says, oh, they nominated someone when he was 97 and they yeah. said it was premature or whatever. Yeah. So, somehow Pike's done it. Yeah, he's big himself. But up there was a some bit. also
1: nice stuff. Um, It mentioned it, on there, it's about there's Robert April, he's yeah. definitely cemented in Carrington and now.
0: Yes, that's good. I mean, he was uh, in Discovery because Saru brought up that list of captains he? in April was mentioned there. So, yeah, I'm glad that... But he's
1: cemented as part of the... He was captain of the Enterprise, that's up there, and Pike was his commanding officer. Yeah,
0: that's really good. Because that sort of ties into, like, the idea of they're wowed by the discovery not because it's bigger or more technological but because it's newer, the Enterprise even at this stage has been around a while the Enterprise at this stage is 20 some years old 20 odd years old and we find out later that they've already done a 5 year mission under Pike, Yeah. so yeah the Enterprise has got a lot of history Um, and then when they set off to warp we find out Captain Pike's phrase is hit it I like that, yeah I like that uh, but then we then get the bit with Stamets listening to the opera that we talked about where you get the the cameo from Culber I I like the way we're sort of seeing Stamets here because last season he went from being a very sort of standoffish abrasive character to opening up a lot and I get the impression now that he's a little bit lost I think you do get sort of couples where one of them will be very outgoing, yeah. the other one will be a lot more introverted. And I get the sense that Culber allowed Stamets to open up a little bit. And without him, he's not quite sure where to put himself. And I think that sort of shines through a little bit with him saying he's going to leave. And you can tell that he's wanting to be kind to Tilly, but he also just wants her to leave him alone yeah. <laughs> kind of thing at the moment. So the next sequence, then, we get a bit where. Uh, Michael's reading Alice in Wonderland again and we get a, another of the flashbacks to, on Vulcan where she tells Amanda that what she really wanted was to go home
1: yeah well this is also quite a nice uh, nod to the animated series yeah, it's yeah. The Alice
0: in Wonderland There's I can't remember the
1: name of the episode but um, Spock says that he's an expert in the difference between Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass uh, because okay. it was his mother's
0: favourite reading does he in the yeah. animated series? Wow! So it's all knob back too. Yeah. They've actually looked at it and thought it through. Yeah, though yeah. No, it's good. And the I don't know Michael wanting to go home. I presume we're going to revisit that at some point. But you got uh, Amanda sort of says you know oh, I'll take you one day sort of thing. And there may be a bit of a hint there that Amanda wants to be going home as well. well she,
1: but yeah, she maybe wants to go see her herself.
0: Yeah, I, I think maybe Amanda and Sarek is a relationship we're going to see a little bit more of
1: I'm not sure where it's going to go Discovery, season one taught me one thing, you think one thing's going to happen and then it'll go in a totally different yeah, direction to what definitely. you expect
0: so. and i noticed that little Spock sort of had a bit of a smile when she said she wanted to go home maybe again like we were talking about a bit of resentment. Yeah,
1: he has them emotions he wants rid of her
0: Yeah and um, there's a, a reference, Sarek, when he's talking to Burnham, mentions Laurel. We don't get to see any of the Klingons this week, but he does say that he's been in touch with Laurel, so they're keeping...
1: Yeah, there's obviously diplomatic relations has to be yeah. going. They've just
0: signed an armistice. They have yeah, to be. I got the sense with this one, more time seems to have elapsed than maybe I thought at the end of season one. Like they, they've talked about, you know, we, we've had the Paris Peace Accords and we've had this. Yeah. And, uh, maybe a lot more time lot. elapsed between the end of the adventure and when they actually went to work. To be in sort of episode 14, episode 15. Yeah. Maybe, possibly. Because it, it seems like, you know, this has been up and running for a while and everything. Yeah. Um, there's a few hints to something else in the Burnham Spock relationship. Um, like, she says it was my fault that we don't talk to each other. And Sarek says he never fully accepted you and stuff. And I, I do think this is just dropping seeds for us to look at a lot later yeah, on. Yeah,
1: I think there's gonna be a
0: lot about their relationship. But we've and... gotta you need to speculate on what's gonna happen. Like they they're talking about um empathy was the main thing. Yeah. That he wanted Spock to learn. So I'm wondering if somehow through Burnham Spock had some sort of emotional outburst or something, or he got too human, or... Uh, I'm I'm very curious to find yeah. out, anyway. When they set off on the mission, then, they have this great scene where uh, Pike does a roll call of the bridge. Oh, it was so nice when it... We finally got introduced to the bridge
1: crew. Yeah, because they've been there.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, but I think prior to this episode, Detmer's probably the only one that I could have named.
1: Yeah, yeah, they hadn't gone... It was nice how they went round and...
0: yeah. And he says rank's not important. I don't care. But the uh, is it the the robot lady um, Arian? I think she's called. Yeah. She still says Lieutenant Commander Arian. Yeah. <laughs> she's not having any of it. She's like you need to know what my rank was. But yeah, I like that. I like. To... I want
1: to learn more about Arian because it's one of them characters that she looks interesting. Yeah, it's... she looks
0: like there should be a backstory. Yeah, and it's one. It shows how sort of different it is uh, to like next gen, for example, like. In the pilot episode of Next Gen, you get Jardy, and we get explained what his visor is and we get data and we find out exactly what the crap is yeah. with him. Uh, Discovery's sort of refusing to do that. It's it's giving us information as and when it comes about organically yeah. rather than going down. False down there. But, but yeah, I like the fact that we got to have this roll call for the audience. Yeah, it was nice. As it well was... as the crew. And I like the fact that after he does it, he then gives them all orders individually to show them that I've remembered your name. So they yeah. didn't just do that to, to show off. Because I would imagine Pike surely knew who everybody was before he got there. It yeah, was, he's it, probably
1: looked at it all and he'll be well his crew, crew roster.
0: Yeah, so it, it's a nice sort of way of Well, it was making the crew feel his... comfortable with him as well. That's it, exactly. He it needs the crew to respond to his orders, but it needs yeah. them to be... And he's doing it, he's winning them over really yeah. quickly and he's showing he can be trusted and everything. So the the discovery sets off and we set off towards, well it turns out to be uh, in the middle of a big asteroid belt and everything. Oh, not an asteroid belt rather, but I suppose an asteroid field, what's the right term? But yeah. It's just a debris field, isn't it? It's up. But that leads to this awesome action sequence with the uh, science pods. That yeah, we I like. That was a great sequence. I'm it, not too sure about the launch. It looked like the launch tube was too long. Yeah, the launch tube was a little bit weird. It, they all came from a different direction. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> It looked like the inside of the Borg ship from First Contact. Yeah, it Contact. was
1: very... <laughs> uh,
0: I liked though that the the shuttle bay sort of the floor moved down. Yeah, like a Roman Colosseum, and then they were off. And I liked again to sort of maybe to offset a little bit of people complaining, like, why's Discovery got these things? They made a point of saying these have been developed recently for a specific mission. Yeah. So if anybody complains, they can say, well, look, in the reason the Enterprise didn't have them is because Discovery made them specifically like, to do this one thing, and that's that. So that then leads to this excellent action sequence, and you get bits you know, it, it serves to sort of reinforce a bit of a bond between Pike and Burnham now.
1: Yeah, it, it creates a trust between them.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, We got rid of uh, the guy who's Connolly.
0: Like, it, it wasn't a great loss. It wasn't a great I don't loss. even think Pike or that. Well, mother. they did seem bothered when they got down to the <laughs> asteroid. No, he's not mentioned again. He does say, oh, I've lost one man today. that will not lose any But yeah, I don't think anybody's losing his sleep. Yeah. The cool thing, though, was... Because um, he said to Commander Nan earlier on, get your red shirt into this pod, but then it's the blue shirt that actually doesn't <laughs> well, make it.
1: to be fair, it's also the blue shirts that are the first ones to die in um, TOS.
0: Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> point. There's not as many red shirts dying yeah, as we thought. Yeah,
1: it's uh, everyone says the red shirts. It's actually a fallacy if you look at how yeah.
0: many. <laughs> but uh, either way, the blue shirt doesn't make it this yeah. time. And um, so they end up down on the 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 asteroid. There's like a, an atmosphere and everything. And I missed it the first time round, but Tilly does ask Michael to pick up a sample, doesn't she? Yeah,
1: she'd asked Because the split.
0: first time through, I'd forgotten about that completely. With yeah, she'd asked her before they on. went down. Yeah, yeah so. Here's another
1: nice part, when they are going down to the asteroid, when the computers can't control it because of all yeah. the gravitational, and uh, Burnham says go to manual and you no. have Commander Nan. You mean,
0: manual, manual? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they're not used
1: to doing things.
0: No, that's it. at least it won't manual like Commander Riker manual and you get the
1: oh, a joystick pop-up. <laughs>
0: yeah. I like the bit as well where Burnham sort of says to Pike, she says, don't worry, we've got you. Yeah. And then she turns to the other one and goes, we have got him, haven't we? Lee? yeah. And again, it, it shows that there's a much better bond now between the crew. Yeah. Particularly with Detmer as well, because she was on the Shenzhou. And she got that eye injury as a result of Michael. And she was very, very frosty to Michael at first on the discovery. So it's nice to see that them two seem to have put differences beside them now. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of this sequence probably accounts for a lot of that money that they got in trouble for spending because it does look... There's quite
1: a few sequences that look like they're
0: spent. (laughs) It's, It's up there with some of the effects from like the recent Kelvin films oh, and yeah. everything, you know,
1: it, oh, it it's got effects that are better than some movies that are coming definitely. out, so called
0: blockbusters. Yeah, <laughs> talking about special effects and everything, I like the way as they were descending the ship. Was it the Hiawatha? Yeah. Um. They they use CGI for the ab but then when the feet touch the ground, it's real feet. Yeah. And that's really good. That keeps you in it a lot more. That was. One of the big mistakes that the Star Wars prequels made was everything had to be CG, whereas J.J. Abrams with the Kelvin films and with his Star Wars films as well has gone. You can have a mix of CG and live yeah, action, yeah. but you need the live action to ground it. So I really liked that. How you know this was quite an in, in impressive set that's been built, and there actually there's real actors knocking around on the yeah. set. <laughs> What did you think to the engineer, uh, oh, Reno?
1: Oh, Reno is awesome.
0: I like, I liked how uh, you have Commander Nango,
1: You're an engineer, not a surgeon, yeah. which is directly yeah, yeah. another Easter egg to Bones. But yeah, but it's the human body. It's just an engine.
0: Yeah, it's just the same thing. <laughs> she reminded me of Bones a lot. Yeah, I got, I got Bones and character. Scotty. Yeah, yeah, there's the Scotty element to it. But yeah, she's got this. Uh, sort of Frankensteinish setup, how she's keeping people alive, yeah. and she's got somebody's heart, and she's yeah. wired it into a bullion <laughs> or something. But yeah, I thought she was a very sort of down to earth character. She really reminded me of uh, Doctor McCoy. A lot. I liked
1: way it was. These are the patients that we couldn't transport; the injuries were too severe, so I stayed behind. And it's what would you do?
0: Yeah. And there was a lot of that, that was running through the episode, wasn't it? We don't abandon we don't, people, we don't, we leave don't people do this, we don't. Yeah. And that's good. That's you know, again, people complained or oh, they're not showing a Starfleet enough attitude, and we're definitely, it, definitely we're getting definitely that. Getting. Now. Um, I did notice though that when they first turn up, she says, Thank Christ. Which you don't hear a lot of reference to modern religion in Star Trek, even though it's just a throwaway
1: yeah. statement.
0: It's not something you hear often, and getting onto sort of the the Red Angel and everything, I'm wondering if we are going to look at religion this season, possibly, because there's at the start in Burnham's voiceover, she talks about how thousands of years ago in Africa there was this myth, uh, and they threw oh, something the to the sky, who the milk yeah. away, and I'm wondering if we're going to deal on some level with like creation myths and religion and how that comes around possibly
1: and
0: if i had to pick a theory at the minute i would go with the red angels are going to be some sort of ancient aliens
1: iconians is yes where I, yeah I, I think it could be
0: iconians the iconians are in the original series there's mentioned uh, the preservers who i think they mentioned maybe friday's child but i might be wrong and they, they talk about how the, the preservers went all over the galaxy and seeded DNA. And yeah. Basically, it was the original series' excuse for why everybody looked like humans. And they pick up on the idea in that next-gen episode, The Chase, where uh, you find out that all the DNA is linked and it's a puzzle yeah. and all that. And it I was getting a sense of a bit of that Possibly. from this episode. So I don't know if we're going to go sort of full Eric Von Daniken or <laughs> where we're going to go with it or David Icke. He's got videos on Amazon Prime at the minute. You can watch his lectures. Oh. It's it's fascinating stuff. Only if you're not busy, obviously. <laughs> There's a lot of other good content to watch first. So, yeah, I'm wondering if... Obviously, we've dealt with Bajoran religion in Deep Space Nine, and we've dealt with Klingon religion to some extent, but I'm wondering if we might be tackling human religion to some degree this season. I wonder if it's
1: going to be an overview of all religions. (coughs) Well,
0: that's it. The tie-ins
1: between all of
0: them. I'm wondering something along those lines. Yeah, are are we going to meet a species that inspired the very concept of religion or something? because we have
1: life after death in all of them and... Yeah. Moving on to Celestial Temple with the Bajorans.
0: Absolutely. And if you talk,
1: you know... overcode
0: the Klingons, we have heaven and... Very pointedly as well, in the the voiceover that Michael did, they talked about Africa. And obviously, Africa's like the cradle of civilization. That's where human life began. Yeah. So, I do wonder if we're going to have something that goes right back to the beginning. But <clears throat> This is just a fan theory, by the way. Oh yeah, we've not got any insides. <laughs> yeah, <there's... laughs> yeah, I digressed a bit there anyway, sorry. So, one detail that I really liked, even though it's a tiny, tiny detail, was... Uh, when they were wheeling a gurney out, there was a close-up of the wheel. And it looked just like a trolley wheel that you'd find at a supermarket. And, you know, it could look a little bit anachronous, but it's one of them things that, you know, the wheel works. Yeah, why change it? It it wouldn't change. Yeah, don't fix
1: something that's not broken. This is it.
0: But previously, Star Trek's always gone out of its way to go, we don't have anything. You know, everything's new. There's nothing. And... Why though? You know that that does make sense. A wheel's a wheel. Yeah, it does the job. <laughs> the cavemen had it sussed so out. One thing that worked less well for me in that scene: Burnham's hat hair. I don't think was very good after coming out. <laughs> you know, she's working on that afro, which I'm sure is going to look spectacular. And it it looks great on her when she's got it styled, but it, it I didn't think it suited really after. But what are you going to uh, do? Well. You've worn the helmet was whilst... You've got yeah. a if you put an evac suit <laughs> on, it's gonna have some sort of effect. Um so then we do get the scene with the Red Angel where Burnham sees it and it, it looks like it's got sort of Yeah,
1: she's been knocked out
0: unconscious. Yeah. And it I mean, we don't get a good look, do we, obviously no, it's... at this stage, but it's got sort it's of... It's deliberately vague. Kind of like wings, maybe. Sort of skeletal yeah, wings. We could be led da- being led down... Yeah, Paul's absolutely. Path
1: and I think Discovery does that quite... <laughs> I think
0: it does. And like you say, we could find out. It could turn out to be Harry Mudd or something yeah. next week. Yeah. We never know. Yeah. But... She, she was unconscious, coming round, saw the angel and then Pike burst through. Well, that's the question. Was it there or not? It, yeah. If Pike can burst through it like that, it obviously isn't physically manifest in that way so well I mean these are the big mysteries if we could work them all out from episode one the (laughs) writers wouldn't be doing a great job so we then get that scene um, where Burnham's in sickbay and she's sort of been working everything out while she's in bed kind of thing until he's saying what are you doing you meant to be resting but what you've actually worked out and did I get this right it's it seems like the reason the bit of rock didn't beam up is because it not that it wasn't on the same plane of existence, but it wasn't made up of matter the way we think of matter or something. Yes, yeah,
1: it's, yeah I'm, I'm very confused by it. Cause, yeah, but it was basically yeah, the transporters couldn't, couldn't on it, it.
0: and it, the implication here seemed to be she said something about this got more mycelial energy than I've ever yeah. seen and. It, Tilly seemed to be thinking that this could be a, like
1: a new power source a new power
0: source yeah get and that unlimited power free energy yeah and that worked to kind of intrigue Stamets and get him back in the game yeah. a little bit so I think he's probably going to be sticking around to, to at least solve this leg of the mystery I liked the bit where Pike hands back over to Saru yeah his mission had been to look for the yeah. lights
1: didn't he find didn't, him. Didn't okay. find him. He did the rescue mission. His mission was over. And it was also showing
0: faith in the, yeah. in the crew. He's happy for Saru to take over yeah. and do his job. And that was good. But it, at least
1: uh, Pike wouldn't be to blame if he got smashed up by the asteroid. <laughs>
0: That's very true. <laughs> it was absolutely yeah, you broke, fine. You
1: broke two ships this week.
0: Yeah. It was absolutely <laughs> fine when I handed it back over. Hit with that Saru the second he got in charge. But... Yeah, I like the way Pike works with people. Yeah. he you know, makes people it, understand that their role is important. And he needs them on board. Absolutely. I think he's really good as a captain from what we've seen. The way he's dealing with his crew has been really, really strong so far. Um, the other bit on the where they bring the asteroid in, I like the that's the power of maths yeah. and the, <laughs> the high five. <laughs> yeah. Which, again... And you get, that's another bit where you get a little bit of a hint of the Star Trek theme. And it, it is this sort of joy in scientific discovery, which is a great thing to see. Um, it does feel to me that was much more... I mean, it is a subplot, obviously. But it, the first time through, I was a little bit confused as to what was going on with Stamets and Tilly. Mainly because you're so focused on Spock and Burnham. Yeah, there's... And the Angel and all this. And then you're like, wait a minute, what, what were them guys doing? But on second watch, it is all there. You've just oh, got... Uh, everyth- it, there's a lot of different things going on. Yeah, I like that. Stamets, um, in between season, his hair seems to have gone ginger as well. Well, we speculated
1: it's been sort of an a- actually a year maybe... Yeah, maybe so a little longer. I'm thinking bit there's never been a year between episode 14 and episode 15.
0: Yeah, or the. Maybe not between 14 and 15, but between when the mission on Kronos finishes and yeah. uh, the ceremony. There's definitely been some sort of time. But yeah, so I, I like the bond that's building between them. It's kind of like the the Science Bros thing in the Marvel Universe yes, with Banner and um, Tony. Yeah. We get the bit with Pike in what was Lorca's ready room. Yeah, where he's been given command of the Discovery yeah. now, sort of on a permanent... Well, not a permanent, but... He said they're going to kind of job share, didn't he, yeah. with, with Saru, which makes a lot of sense. And They need him on board. He's smart. He
1: wants him... Yeah.
0: And, and I liked that they're again drawing this contrast between him and Lorca. Like, he's like, why have we got this stand-up desk? Yeah. What on earth is going on? Yeah, I want
1: my, my people to be feel like they can yeah. come in and sit down and talk to me and tell me and
0: have opinions. And- Absolutely. <laughs> and um, he needs that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, a stand-up desk was ridiculous anyway, but... <laughs> So, yeah, we're seeing how different Pike is and everything. So I, well, I imagine by next episode, uh, we'll have a new ready room. A new... Yeah, I would imagine. So he's going <laughs> to stick some sofas in there or something. <laughs> and he found that um, the uh, fortune cookie message, which, yeah. which referenced a cage, which is obviously well, a call out. Uh, did it reference the cage? It referenced a cage. It said or, did something. It re- or was it referencing maybe Loka being locked up? Or... Oh, oh, there's all sorts. It could have... It said uh, something about it not being the end. so not, maybe we've got... um, not lost. Um, not every cage is a prison, and not all loss is eternal. That's it. So maybe the loss of Locke is not. So eternal. I
1: thought. Well, I thought the whole thing could be just direct reference to the menagerie in the cage yeah. as a nice little flashback. Yeah, pack. that's for the fans. Yeah, it, just for the fans. But it could be uh, not all loss is eternal. We've got Kulba. Um, Kulba coming. Yeah, allegedly yeah. coming back. So not lost, not all losses eternal. Yeah. We've got there, um, and we've got Locker coming back. Yep, yeah, possibly. <laughs> there's all sorts. Yeah, there is
0: actually. There's <laughs>
1: all sorts it could mean. Yeah, and, and it was left by Locker.
0: Absolutely, yeah. But
1: I think like we're talking about. There's been a year gone here. They really need to have a word with the cleaning staff. that they've, <laughs> yeah, it they've not year found on that. the floor.
0: Well, we'll give him benefit of doubt, maybe not a full year, but either way, maybe just no one wanted to go in Lorca's room. Possibly. It was maybe like, it's just we, been sealed. We don't want anything to do with that anymore. But yeah, um, speaking of like, um, sort of leaving things alone and, um, you know, the one thing I've thought with this is like, now Pike's taken over, there's still this captain who's waiting on Vulcan for Discovery yeah. to turn up. <laughs> yeah. Right, it's just gonna get a bit of a longer holiday or it'd probably just get a different command. Aye, uh, true, yeah, that's a good point. if
1: Discovery was just gonna be a science ship, it was maybe ideal for that, but it's maybe not ideal. Yeah, for now them. that
0: they've been put on this red it's... angel thing. Yeah, it's a different mission statement. I keep saying the red angel thing, but no, that's what the fans are calling it. It's the red bursts, is what it's yeah. been called in the, 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 the universe at the moment, yeah. <laughs> um I liked when Burnham's talking to Pike about going over to the Enterprise and he says, uh, Spock had a way of talking and he always made you feel that logic was the the beginning of knowledge, not the end. And that's sort of a direct call out to what Spock tells Valaris. in, yeah, Star, in Star Trek, Star Trek
1: Six. 6. It's also a bit of a nod to how he feels when he encounters V in the motion picture. Absolutely,
0: yeah. So it it's definitely giving us, we've not seen Spock, but everything we're hearing about him and everything, he's definitely the character that we're familiar yeah,
1: with. is it maybe too early in Spock's timeline for him to... To have got to, to that to level, to I don't that know. Is...
0: Or maybe it's a case of that's sort of always been in Spock and other people can see it. Yeah. You know, Pike just knows him very well and can maybe see what Spock himself's not quite... Yeah, got to yet, I don't know. Um, and I like that he sort of signs off with Burnham saying, you know, we're going to go, but we're going to have a bit of fun along the way. <laughs> yeah, that almost, <laughs> Ruffle some feathers. <laughs> yeah. That almost feels like a nod to the fans as well. You know, yeah. there were complaints that it was a bit a bit dark, a bit dour season one. I don't share them. I, I don't share that. It was I've, good, I've, I really but,
1: enjoyed season one. Yeah,
0: than. but it, it's nice to go, you know, this is going yeah. to be a bit more colorful, a bit more, yeah. And then we could finally go over to the Enterprise and as with the uniforms, I like the fact that the decor of the Enterprise looked, it had the same aesthetic as the original series, but was modernised. Yeah. You know, because... Did they still have the chicken mesh? Did, yes, in Spock's <laughs> room. Nice. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. So that was what I was going to say. Like, when you go in the room, that room is recognisable as what it was. But obviously, it's not built out of the same materials. Yeah. It's not a one-to-one. I like that the
1: doors were was orange.
0: Yeah, and you got the same door noise. Yeah, the the original series door noise, which was good. And again, we had the three D chess. You had the little bells from a, a mock yeah, timing yeah, there. So yeah, it was. As I say, I think what they're doing is they're honouring what happened. You know the way the original series looked, but with a concession to go. Look, If it can't look 50, like that now. With 50
1: years in the future from when it's made.
0: Yeah. We make rooms that look better than that. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, you can do it for a short cameo, like in the next gen episode, Relics. Yeah. Where you get the original bridge, it's great, but it's there for two minutes. And, and Trials and Tribulations, similar. Exactly. You can do it, but it beggars belief too much to say, this is what it actually looks yeah. like. Yeah it just wouldn't it wouldn't work and I can understand why people might have an issue with it but it it isn't something that bothers me. I like it what they're doing so yeah. far. And then the episode sort of finishes up with Michael listens to Spock's uh log and we get to hear Spock. And wasn't that spooky how much like Nimoy that sounded? He, he had that sort of like gravelly quality yeah. to the voice which yeah Nimoy sort of got that more as he got older but but yeah it it was <laughs> I mean quite it, spooky yeah it's very early obviously to judge the guy's performance yeah. but from from the voice I think it, it was fine and I like the fact that he'd embedded these clues in this uh in his log like he says I've left it in there
1: yeah And Burnham knew how to do it because it was like Like
0: how he'd done it as a child. It makes you wonder if he's left it expecting that she will find it. Possibly. Or that someone close to him, whether, you know, maybe Sarek or what have you, but, I mean, maybe he says Pike knows him really, really well, so perhaps Pike would have sussed it out, but it does make you wonder if this is reaching out to Burnham to some degree. Yeah, And as we said, you know, I get the sense we're gonna really delve into the relationship there because you know at the end of the day, you don't make your lead character the sister of Mister Spock with no intention of digging into that. Yeah, you know, yeah. To, there's got to be a lot to
1: it, aren't there? Yeah,
0: definitely. And I,
1: I hope we there wasn't like, there wasn't much of that in season one, which I, I don't, have no problem with, but because I, I expect Discovery to go on for a lot of years, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but. You, it does have to be addressed. Definitely, and it's good. We, de- you know, we were being promised that that will be dealt with. Yeah. And I have no reason to think that it won't. Um, so that brings us to the end of the episode. Then, anything else that we didn't cover as we went through? Anything that jumped? I mean, there's tons and tons, but um, we didn't get an F bomb, but we got an S bomb. We did. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Again, that's something that. It, it sort of makes it a little bit more realistic to yeah, some extent. Yeah, it's so
1: like that's how people actually talk. Yeah, especially <laughs> if
0: you're in a little pod thing that's spinning through yeah. space and there's all sorts um, of stuff flying li- at you.
1: At the same point, which is while, while this is happening, while they are going down in the pods, I liked it was when Saru was on the bridge and his um, ganglion yes. pop up and he just turns around and goes, And you're surprised. Yeah, that was <laughs> a really good line.
0: And again, that's that lightness of touch that we're getting a little yeah. bit more this season so far. And again, it speaks to the camaraderie with the crew. So yeah, no, that that was a great little moment. Uh, what about theories then as to to where it's going? First, first question then: When do you think we're going to see Spock? How long do you think before we see him? Um, I think even next,
1: probably next episode, if not by third episode, definitely.
0: I'm not so sure, you see. I'm wondering if if they are going to do a mid-season break, which I don't know if they are. I was wondering if the reveal of Spock might be where we break for the mid-season. But, having said that, in Discovery Season 1, they were very quick to answer questions like you had the bit uh, where you, one episode finished with Lorca revealing that he had the Tardigrade locked up in this room. And you thought, oh, you know, this is going to be a big plot line. Michael finding out he's got this secret room and breaking in. And then the first scene next week was him going, oh, this is my lab. Come in. You know, so Discovery does have a way of paying off things quite quickly. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's maybe going to be a bit longer. I'm wondering if we're going to get, you know, we had his voice this week. Maybe we'll get a video of him next week or a flashback or something. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit longer.
1: Well, I don't know. I think he'll be in it fairly soon. He's, he's listed as a season two.
0: Yeah, regular. at least a recurring, yeah. Um. So I've sort of said what I thought about the, the Red Burst, Red Angel. Do you have any other well, theories? At I, I already mentioned,
1: I think it could be something like the Iconians, one of the ancient is yeah. that,
0: we're literally all over the galaxy.
1: Like, let's face it, the Federation isn't all over the galaxy; they're only in
0: no. one quadrant. And at this stage, as well, they're, they're not they're even, even less. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: it could be something like the Iconians.
0: It could be, and it. The good thing about doing a prequel, I suppose, is it could be a species that we know. Yeah. We just don't know that this is how they met them. Yeah. So yeah, it could. I, like there has been talking. It was said in the animated series quite a lot a
1: lot of the Federation technology comes from discovering the ancient Iconian artefacts. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the Iconians, they've only been... Have we seen them sort of twice? Maybe there was a Next I, Gen and there was a DS9. Yeah, I don't
1: think we've actually really seen them.
0: No, oh, we've not seen them, seen them. But, I mean, we've, yeah. we've seen the Gateways, I think, twice. Yeah, we've twice. seen the Gateways. And I know there's a big series of novels that deals with the Gateways yeah, a lot. But, but, but tra- there's not, there's but not yeah, a lot that that's actual canon. That'd be interesting. Right, well, you heard it here first. I wait. Elliot's going with Iconians. I'm going with Eric Von Daniken, uh, Ancient Aliens. We'll, we'll see where we stand on this next week once we've the next episode. This has been Retrek on Krypton Radio and, of course, available on your podcatcher of choice. If you want to get in touch, we're on Twitter, at RetrekPod, and we're also on Gmail, retrekpod at gmail.com or you can look us up on Facebook just search for the Retrek group and you're more than welcome to join thank you for trekking with us this week we will see you next time for the Retrek